sound like I'm at this station, but I'm locked in here. Like the door is totally locked and I cannot get out of it. And I'm like looking through the glass and I don't think there's anyone out there, but I did hear some noises. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. I'm like locked in. So there's a door in the back of this room that says keep out. But I got the lock off of it. So I'm just going to go in. But I wanted to call you first so that you would know where I was if for some reason, I don't know, I get locked in there and I don't have service. I haven't even looked in yet. So that's what I'm doing. Locked in the station and I'm moving into the keep out room. And what would really be great is if you picked up my phone calls every once in a while so I wouldn't have to deal with this, but I'm not gonna deal with that right now. I'm just letting you know where I'm going. So I'm in the keep out room. This thing is amazing. It's got like a foosball table, like a pool table, bumper pool. It's got a popcorn making machine. It's got like couches. And air hockey, there's like no one in here, but it's really cool and like neon, almost like a dance floor. But now I'm stuck in here. Like the door did close behind me and there's no windows in here. And I'm honestly, I'm just a little spooked out by it. Like it's great, I wanna come back, but um, like I can't get back out. Now I'm like too deep and I can't get out of the station. I do want to come back. I want us to come back and play at least some air hockey. It's a really cool room, except it's a little spooky. There's like a like a bunch of statues in here, and there's like a circus clown in a rocking chair in the corner. And I don't even understand like what's this doing here? <clears throat> there's this door, and the it's not really a door. It's a hatch in the floor. So. I don't know. I'm just gonna go on the hatch. We're gonna go on the hatch. I mean, I still have cell phone service. I'm just hoping it holds out. But like, if you can't find me, then I'm going down in this hatch, in this weird game room, circus room, beyond the DJ booth. Okay. So just want to keep you updated. Uh, I can barely move. I'm totally stuck in this. It feels like a, uh, I feel like I'm basically in like a duct or something. I'm starting to really stress out here. Like I'm too big to be in this thing. So like now I would like it if you would check your voicemail, you know, because I'm definitely not texting right now because I can't even get my I can't, my, basically the phone is pressed to my ear. And the other, there's like, I'm, I'm in a, a metal, and there's like a cold and hot air rushing by me. It's really dark, and I'm trying not to freak out, but I'm gonna go ahead and ask you to like, come and get me. Now, like, if you don't come and get me, and or at least call me back, then I'm calling 911.
Alright, and that's not gonna be good for either of us. Because, like... That's gonna be bad for my show, because then the emergency services are... And I cannot tell what's going on. I'm also hearing, like, light applause in the distance and someone talking. So, please, don't call emergency services. Just come yourself through the DJ booth, in the back through the game room, through the hatch. Although, I don't know if you could go in the hatch... You're smaller than I am, but just drag me back out or something. Either that or I'm just going to keep trying to wiggle my way through. Okay, good. So I wiggled my way through and now like somehow it dropped me outside. But I don't think it's Amherst. Like I'm pretty sure everyone here is walking around with Michigan shirts. I feel like I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Like I've been here before and it looks like Amherst, but I'm almost sure I'm not in Amherst. I think I'm at University of Michigan. Now, how that air duct connects to University of Michigan, I mean, that's fascinating. I'm like actually excited. I feel like I'm discovering something right now, like that's bigger than my show, which is saying something. But now I gotta get back to Amherst and I left my wallet in the DJ booth at the station. So I'm wondering, can you like, muster the phone's about to run out. I gotta find a charger or something like that. But I gotta get, I gotta find a way to get back. So I really am looking forward to you calling me back. Maybe you can, Western Union me some money or like a ticket because like on one hand I'm really excited I've discovered some kind of weird link between our campuses on another hand I just really want to get home this feels weird and people are kind of looking at me like uh anyway kind of strange
back in like the New York City rock scene, like that 2000 rock scene, where I was just like very much on the periphery of it. And it was like post my band, it was post Motorsoft and I was Rockwell, I was just like solo act. You know, on this stage, I was really just playing tracks, singing over them because my band had become kind of cumbersome and like I couldn't get them to practice and stuff like that. And I just thought, well, I'll just go solo. And I got invited to do this showcase thing with my buddies Steve and Pedro, who ran my absolutely favorite dance party in New York City called Shout, which started at like midnight on Sunday nights. And they had invited me to be on this ticket with some actually pretty big bands, like Dead Meadow and the Brian Jonestown Massacre. And it was at the Bowery Ballroom, which is actually a really cool venue. And I was going to be the opener of the opener of the opener of the opener. I was going to be like the dead start person, which I liked. I had no problem being a dead start person. I liked being in front. I remember this was a kind of show where like my friends didn't show up for it. Like this was this weird period where I felt like, well, perhaps I'm going to launch. But like my friends had already kind of done their job and coming to other things. They weren't going to come to this. So I was very much alone. And it was a real scene because there was like five, maybe five acts going on that night. I just remember like, you know, crack being smoked somewhere in the backstage and just being totally creeped out and freaked out by that. It's like burning tires. I also remember Anton, who is the lead singer of the Brian Jonestown Massacre, just berating this record label guy who's like this handsome Johnny Depp guy. And that guy just kind of taking it. It all felt like a real pantomime of like rock and roll excess. Anyway, I go on. I'm first. I'm starting from a dead stop. And that's okay. But, you know, my first thing that I would do was to get attention. I would sing a song over this bagpipe piece by the Royal Black Watch. It's a beautiful piece, and it was loud, and it would totally fill the room. And it certainly would bring people down to see what was going on. Like, as an opener of an opener of an opener, you really need to bring people towards the stage if anyone is going to pay attention to you. But I remember, right as it ended, being met with just deafening silence. Like, uh, the crowd was not going for whatever it was. But in that very brief quiet between the end of that bagpipe song and the next song... Someone said, thanks, Jack Black, you know, which, you know, this is a reference that'll be lost in time. It was, I was just not with it. And I kind of pushed through my set. And as I pushed through my set, as I pushed through my set, I realized, like, I was kind of alone up there. Like, none of my friends were on the crowd. I wasn't on the other side. 
Like, I wasn't like a real act. No one knew who I was. Like, I was only a suggestion of an act. The crowd was down near the stage, but they weren't with me either. Now, because there were so many bands on stage, the transitions had to be really tight. And the band coming on after me was Dead Meadow. And instead of exiting stage right, I went stage left. I got my stuff and headed towards stage left. And Dead Meadow came right on. And as soon as I kind of moved my gear off, they were on and kind of playing. And so, unfortunately, stage left had no exit. Like, there was no exit that way. The only way you could exit was stage right. And so as Dead Meadow starts playing, I'm sitting there. Oh, and by the way, it's a really small space. Like, it's just almost like four feet of curtain. And for some reason, I felt like I was, like, crouched. I had to be crouched. I was basically ended up in a crate on the side of the stage behind a little curtain. And there was no way for me to cross the stage to get off the stage. And Dead Meadow, who had a reputation for being, like, basically, like, heroin addicts, I mean, and their music sounded like it, which is, like, Black Sabbath-inspired punishing, just... It wasn't bad, but it was just, like, kind of punishingly slow and heavy and dark and dour. And I'm sitting there in a self-imposed crate on the side of the stage thinking... Yeah, this is where it's, like, always been heading. Like, I've finally found my place. In this uncomfortable little spot on stage, but not being seen, and just kind of stuck. Stuck listening to this other music that I really want to be stuck listening to. And it went on for a while. Like, the act went on for a while, like, too long. It had to have been 45 minutes or an hour that I'm basically in a crouching pose with my gear. I just kind of submitted to it, honestly, and just reflected on where I was and the fact that I had to get home somehow after all this was over.
stay tuned for an early showing of the free associates.